Hi, friends. You are listening to episode 65 of Key Ministry, the podcast, and we have an extra fun episode planned for this week. All four of our regular hosts are recording together to answer some rapid fire questions round robin style. Do you want to hear about our favorite books, podcasts, and ministry stories? Then this episode is for you. So let's jump in and get started. So, hi, everybody. Hello. (laughs) It's so fun to see faces while we get to record voices today. This is going to be such a fun episode. I like this better than being by myself. I'll be honest with you. This is fun. (laughs) I know. If only our schedules worked like this to work this out every week, that would be pretty fun. So, okay, we're going to each ask each other questions and go around the circle and share our answers with our audience. And so, Garrett, you have the first question. All right, so let's kick it off with all of us sharing one of our favorite Bible stories or verses related to special needs ministry. And I'll I'll start us for me. Um, this probably changed recently, but it's Acts three and four. I think I talked about it in, in last month, but the, the story of Peter and John and them healing the man who could not walk. I've always loved the reference to uh, Peter and John being ordinary common men and them being recognized as having been with Jesus because of the boldness. And so that combined with the work they did to heal the man, but then obviously to allow him to be a part of what they were doing and to to be a part of their ministry. Just, I love that. And it gives me hope for what we're doing at our church and in our ministries. All right. We're going to go on around the room. We're going to start with you, Beth. All right. Well, thank you, Garrett. So I'm going to actually look right up at my wall for mine because mine is actually in lettering on my wall, not necessarily disability ministry related, but I think just a really good reminder for me in ministry and in life. And that is John 15, five. Mm-hmm. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. And that's just a really good reminder for me. Catherine. Yeah. So this has been one of my favorite passages for a long time. And it's second Corinthians one, three through seven, which is the one that talks about comforting others with the comfort that you receive from God. And this can apply to so many things. Like I hear, I've heard this referred to like for people who've gone through cancer and they comfort other people who are coming along behind them who have cancer, but oh boy, this so applies to what we do in disability and mental health kind of ministry as well. So Sandra, you're next. All right. Those are such great answers. Um, I picked one that is very disability specific because it's a story I think that we hear a whole lot, especially around Easter, but I hadn't really put together the story with the disability aspect to it. And so it comes from Matthew chapter 21, and this is the last week of Jesus's life, and he is in the temple area, and this is when he sees the money changers, and he drives them out, and he's turning over tables, and he's reminding them of the purpose of God's area around the temple and what its purpose is. And then the very next verse after that story is verse 14. And it says the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. And so, I mean, like what we do, there are tons of obstacles for people with disabilities coming to church and, and having a relationship with Christ. And what we do in disability ministry is knock over those obstacles and make a way for people to come close to Jesus. And so 
man, it just, that verse, like if I need a little pep, a little reminder of what we do, I read that passage and I'm like, okay, let's do it. Like, let's turn over some tables, let's get busy and let's make this happen. So right now that's my favorite passage. So I'm question number two. So um, this is Catherine. So share how God has confirmed to you that you should be working in disability ministry. So that might be answer prayer, a chain of events, something like that. So Garrett, I'll start with you. Oh, goodness. You're going to put me on the spot. So for me, it was a it was a chain of events. Um, I was a mid-career change uh, from, from another career path into ministry at uh, 41 years old. And so for me, it was a chain of events of the Lord clearly leading me out of, out of ministry and me just sort of taking steps of faith and not really knowing what I was going to walk into, uh, but him opening doors and providing clarity with each step until literally I landed in the position I'm at now here at Southeast. And it's one of those things looking back that if I'd wanted to uh, manipulate life and create that, I couldn't have. I'm not creative enough. It was clearly the Lord confirming each step of faithfulness for me and my wife and our family. That's awesome. I guess I should have answered myself before like pointing the finger at somebody else, but so I, I'll go ahead and answer for me too. So I have a business background. Um, I, my husband and I very clearly felt like I should stay home with our little kids once our daughter was born. And, but I always kind of knew just, I have this feeling that God had something in store for me with writing or ministry, but I didn't know what, and he just started opening some doors. I mean, it was very simple, you know, small, like in my church kind of things, but over time, particularly um, starting uh, about nine years ago, I I just really sensed that he was calling me back to ministry. I'd stepped into a corporate job for a season and, um, and he just made it so abundantly clear. It was, it, it was just, really um, no getting away from the fact that he was calling me to mental health ministry of some kind. And then over time, I have all these like really weird connections to a project I worked on at the bank. Like the last big project I worked on was on a key account. And then um, I use a keyword study Bible and like all these things that are related to keys. So um, God is very cool that way in my life. And I know in y'all's lives too. So anyway, all right. Whoever would like to go next. I can go. Um, so I, my first, you know, paid gig, if you will, in disability ministry, um, I literally felt that nudge, like that tap on the shoulder, like literally felt that I was, it was not something I was pursuing or looking to, you know, re-enter the workforce type of thing. So it was, in other words, it wasn't my idea. (laughs) And that's how I know, like God really had um, a plan for me to step into this, um, to this realm. Sandra. (laughs) That's very cool. I love hearing your stories. That's not a question that we ask often enough. I think like, how did you get into this? How did God call you into this? Um, I grew up with a sister with Down syndrome and have a son with autism. And so, and I'm married to a pastor. So if I want to go to church, if they, we have to create a disability ministry in the churches where we are. And so, but it's fun to be able to do, see what works for our church and then encourage other churches to do that. Especially, I especially have a passion for normal size churches 
um, who are just reaching one family and then that one family may be five families. And so, and it's a little bit different to equip a small or normal sized church than it is these really big churches. And so right now that's kind of my sweet spot to help a church go from, hey, we have this family that keeps showing up and we want to do what we can. And I, through my role with our state convention, get to help support them in that ministry. That's that's actually, a, I love that. And it's a good segue into my question um, for everybody, which is, because um, you talked about like smaller or, you know, normal sized churches and no matter what the size of your church, what ministry project would you undertake if you had an unlimited budget? Um, and I think for me um, at my church, um, I would, what would be really helpful <laughs> is to have um, a dedicated space, like a sensory area, classroom type space, um, you know, for use for both our inclusive, um, like Sunday morning, but also just so we're not having to move things in and out in a room that's used by lots and lots of things throughout the week at the church. Like if we could have a, a wing would be lovely. <laughs> um, Garrett, how about you? Yeah. So we're, a, we're a larger church and we have a dedicated space, but I, you know, having, Having seen, I don't know if any of you have been to Brentwood Baptist Church. They have a new, really large, cool building that they use. And so seeing something like that is really neat. Um, so there are times I'm like, man, that would be really fun for our ministry. Um, but I think even bigger than that, I would love to to be able to, to, to um, offer um, like a respite house, something like Jill's house at McLean Bible Church. I, I just, the impact that has on so many families, both in your church and in the community that are unchurched, I think it opens some really cool doors for ministry opportunities. And and that is a not an easy thing to create. And um, I love that they do it, but um, I think it would be really cool to have a, a respite house sort of facility and operation that could love on our families and help help care for the family, care care for the marriage, care for the siblings, care for everyone, not just our friends with with the disabilities. Before I call the next person, I want to do a PS to what I said because I I was having too small of a vision. <laughs> um, I I mean, if seriously, if money was just not even an issue, um, being able to get the right people and the right resources together to create some type of community that includes housing and, you know, like a faith component and employment. I think there's a huge need. I feel like there are a ton of families that are seeking this right now. And wouldn't that be cool to help make that happen? Catherine. Yep. Totally agree with both you and Garrett with that. It's a giant need. Well, I'm going to answer this in two ways. My church has just taken baby steps into official disability ministry. And so I'd love to see some funding to make that be just like huge and successful in every way. Um, I, I am confident that what we are undertaking is going to be successful um, from God's view and also from the world's view. Um, so that's really exciting. From a key ministry perspective, I've been working off and on on this project for about a year on finding God's ministry purpose. And the reason that I love this is because um, I just love the transformational stories because I, you know, Jesus was the master storyteller in addition to everything else that he is, you know, and, and 
so many, so many times people just really are so moved by the stories of what only God can do. And so, um, you know, I would, I would spend a lot more time and devote, you know, a lot of resources that, you know, you know, if we had that available to key, um, to just pump out those transformational stories all day long. Yeah, that would be really cool. That's really cool. And I wrote down similar to what Garrett said, Jill's house at McLean. Um, but you know, something that I think would be really cool too, is have some kind of funding available, like grants that churches could apply for. I mean, like Catherine said, her church is just getting off. Cause I, I, a lot of church, I mean, we all have limitations to what we're doing. And I hate that money is a limitation to what churches can do. I hate that they sit around and say, well, we would do this. We just need money. And I mean, we serve a God of abundance <laughs> and we serve a God who answers those prayers. But if there was just one place they could go and one place they could apply to and there would be just these grants that they could get. And we say, OK, well, we'll start you out with 10,000 or we'll start you out with 20,000 and let's just see what you can do with it. That would be I mean, if we're dreaming big, I would say some kind of process where people apply for like grant aid and we get to give it and then they get to make their ministry dreams come true. That would be really cool. You could see Sandra, a like she'd be like Oprah. Just you get a disability <laughs> ministry. You get a disability <laughs> ministry. Who knows? Maybe somebody's listening to this podcast right now. That's yeah. Right. And they've got deep pockets and we can hook them up with the needy, some needy churches. So right. That would be really cool. Okay, my question is the next one. And we're going to go from these big ideas and, and big dreams to what is actually happening in our lives and in our churches and in our ministries that we are excited about uh, coming this year. And I wear a lot of different hats. So I have my church, I have my role uh, through my state convention, and then I'm teaching classes at Liberty University. And so it was a little hard for me to narrow down like which one am I the most excited about? But I think what would be the most helpful is for me to create some resources for the questions that I get asked over and over again. So I'm getting asked the same questions ac across all of these from all the, like from churches and from students. And so one thing that I'm working toward this year that I'm excited about is just saying, okay, I've gotten this question five times. Let me write a post about it on my website and send people there. And that way I'm not answering the same question, which I don't ever mind answering questions, but like organizing the help, putting it all in one place. That That's a goal that I'm excited about that could happen this year. So Catherine, what are you excited about? Well, I've been working on a project since end of 22 with Fresh Hope for Mental Health. And it's a collaborative project between the Fresh Hope team and Key Ministry. We're calling it Fresh Hope for Famous with Disabilities. We're coming to the end of our pilot period um, we've had, you know, a couple of different pilot groups underway, and um, it seems like it's gone really well with the participants and the facilitators. And so we're we're starting to move into that next phase of the project where we refine the curriculum. We actually roll it out. You know, we're we're working on like the website landing page now and that kind of thing. And you know, there's just not a lot that's out there that supports the mental health needs of families that have disabilities. And so. Um, I just, I think the idea was pretty genius and it really is a good representation of what Key does well. 
which is, you know, the mental health support with disabilities and collaboration. So we're hoping to do more of that kind of thing in the future with other organizations too. That's very cool. All right, Garrett, what do you have coming up this year? Yeah, so we've, we're still in the early stages of it. We've talked about it. We've met with some of our families and some of our volunteers, but it's something we've, we're calling our family care initiative. Um, we're, we're fortunate. We've created a lot of programming and a lot of pathways into the church for our kids, teens, and adults with, with disabilities. But um, one area that we want to to really come alongside more aggressively are the families and the volunteers in our ministry. How do we shepherd them more effectively in their lives? And so specific to families, um, one thing I didn't mention how the Lord led me and confirmed I'm, I'm in ministry is I also have a son with Down syndrome and autism and sensory processing disorder. And, and um, church was hard for us. Church is still hard for us, even though I'm on staff at a church where we're super equipped for families like ours, it's still hard. And it strains the marriage and it strain, it puts a strain on siblings and it's a challenge. And so how do we, how do we create intentional pathways for our families, for the, the healthy marriage of the siblings? Is, are those workshops? Are those short, long-term Bible studies? Are those respite events? Whatever. We are still trying to figure that out, but just a higher level of intentionality as a church and as a ministry to better shepherd the families in our ministry. And again, the same thing with our volunteers. We have so many volunteers on the weekend and their community is our ministry in so many ways. And so how do we shepherd them? How do we equip them? How do we come alongside them in life so that they're more than just a person who serves 90 minutes or two hours every week? They are, they know that we're, we care about them the other six days of the week. And so um, it's kind of a big undertaking, but it, it's exciting because it speaks to me. I mean, as a husband, as a dad of a family impacted by disability, how do we as the church do more to shepherd these families? Yeah, that's awesome. That's really helpful. That'll be cool. You'll have to give us updates on your progress on that because that would be interesting to all of us. Okay, Beth, what are you excited about? Well, um, so you all know that Key Ministry um, puts on conferences, disability in the church, and I'm pretty excited about what we'll be announcing soon in regard to um, conferences for 2024. So um, that's all I can say about that right now, but stay tuned. <laughs> hey, if you're excited, we're excited because we know it's going to be good news if you're excited about it. So that's very cool. All right, Garrett, do you have the next question? I don't love that Beth rolled the grenade out there, but <laughs> left the pen in it. You actually left the pen in the grenade. You didn't even... It's not going to, okay, that's fine, Beth. You do that to us. That's fine. All right. Next question for everybody. What is your favorite book? Sandra, this was a question you suggested and I rolled with it. And then I thought, do I actually have a favorite book? I have a lot of books I like. And so um, I'll start um, a book that I've read recently that really landed in obvious ways for me was The Life We Never Expected by Andrew and Rachel Wilson. Um, Andrew's a pastor in the UK and he and his wife, Rachel, have two kiddos with with autism. And I love the book, A, because it's a bunch of very small chapters. And as someone who just reads better with that kind of short attention span, um, but it it's the type of book that I think it resonates with a family like mine. Um, but I also think it is written in a way that can help create 
uh, a better understanding and and sort of that pathway from sympathy to empathy to compassion for pastors and church leaders and people who maybe don't understand our world to better understand how to come alongside our families and just love on us. You know, it's not it's not always fix it mode, but it's always never fix it mode. It's it's just sort of how to be able to sympathize and empathize and then obviously have compassion where action is needed. And so love the way the book's written and and um, it just resonates with me and my family. My wife and I both have read it. And she was like, oh, this book is so good. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> it is a good one. I recommend it too. Oh, I'm supposed to go next. Beth, Beth, who? what's your favorite book? So I have like some titles. I'm in a book club and it's not disability ministry related. It's not even ministry related. Um, so to me, like whatever has the most discussion. So it doesn't mean everybody likes the book. Usually it means that there are people that really don't like the book and some that really do like the book. As far as disability ministry related books go, um, I'll say this, but you're going to make fun of me for this, but I love Sandra People's book, Unexpected Blessings. <laughs> and I actually, like, I just, I actually give that book to people, um, especially if there's like a new, like a family with a new diagnosis. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not being cheesy. Like, I really do like that book. Thank That's you. A terrific That's answer, a terrific answer. Yeah. We've given it to our families here as well. It's, it's, but it, it, it is it's not ironic that she's on the screen. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> Catherine, what about you? Well, as somebody who has a gazillion books, um, I'm, I'm like a very fast reader and I read extremely broadly. So I know a little bit about a lot of different things, but that makes me an expert in basically nothing. So, but um, I am a total Bible nerd. Like I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I have a Hebrew Greek keyword study Bible. And so I have done serious numbers of hours in learning like the context of scripture and that kind of thing. So I've read lots and lots and lots of books that are around understanding like obscure things in the Bible that I always say that nobody cares about, but me, but that's not entirely true because there's books out there about them. But um, so I love things that are about, you know, like, prophecy and um and understanding like you know obscure things in the old testament and then i really like really well written fiction because i don't read very much fiction but every now and then there's like you'll see it used to be before people had electronic readers you'd see people with a book that was like really popular and that was kind of like oh you know i'm seeing that everywhere i should probably look into that and so my two favorites from long ago before e-readers were Bel Canto and Cold Mountain. Very cool. I haven't I haven't read either one of your fiction favorites. So no, I highly recommend very different books from one another. Yeah, good. Um, OK, so my favorite book, uh, in fact, we did this. We had a book club at church this summer and I got to pick the book for the ladies to read. And I picked one that I read at least once a year. It is just a go-to book for me. In fact, as I read it this summer, I thought I didn't even, I didn't even know all of the things that I had absorbed from this book and just made mine because I had read it so often. And it is by Linda Dillow and it is called Calm My Anxious Heart. 
And so like, I think it fits really well for parents of kids with disabilities, right? We have a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry. There's a chapter on comparison. Like you compare your life to somebody else's life and and how that uh, can make you feel jealous. And so it works really well as a, as a parent. It works really well as a ministry leader because there's lots of things that are outside of our control, especially in disability ministry where you just don't know what kids are going to show up on a Sunday and how you're going to meet all those needs. And so anyway, that's my favorite. Go to read it once a year. It's called Calm My Anxious Heart by Linda Dillo. We have that book. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yep. We have lots of books. Yeah. It's one of the many on your shelf. Huh? Yes, it is. Good one. Okay. So I'm up next. So my question is share your fa- your favorite ministry story could be a success, could be a failure, could be God showing up in a big way. Um, so I'll go ahead and answer this. So years ago, one of like the first big ministry things that God led me to was to lead the women's retreat at my church. And we went off campus once a year. Usually there was like 100 to 125 women who would go. We had a speaker come from outside, et cetera. And um, so, you know, it was, it was basically a much smaller version of event management that we do for DATC. And anyway, um, we had a lot of people that wanted to come, but were not able to for financial reasons. And we had a very limited scholarship budget. And so um, it got to the point where I was, I just knew that God was leading us through all the prayer and all the energy we had poured into this to bless as many people as possible with coming to this retreat. And I, I mean, I am very frugal. And so it was like, you know, if we personally have to make up the difference after the retreat, then I am committed to doing that. And so anyway, we got to the retreat weekend and it was just beautiful weather Friday, Saturday, and it's up in the mountains of Virginia. And Sunday morning, we woke up to five inches of snow and it was coming down hard. And so the the retreat people, we, you know, our schedule was to stay through lunchtime. The retreat people made us leave before lunch. They they gave us no choice. And because they made us leave, they said, well, we're going to refund you for the cost of the lunch. And I said, no, no, no. You know, you have paid for this. You have staff here. Oh, no. They insisted. And so who's not going to be surprised that when all of the finances were cleared. We were positive like $99 as a result of being refunded for that. So it was, it was something only God can do. And I, and I knew even then that he was honoring, you know, our commitment um, to bless people and, you know, all of the prayer that had been put in to that, that work that was so important. Okay, so Sandra, what's your favorite ministry story or, um, yeah. Well, I mentioned earlier that my husband's a pastor and when he interviewed at the church where we are now, uh, he's up in front of the whole, so there's a whole process and you know, you're for, for a long time, you're just meeting with the committee. And then when the committee likes you, you get to go up before the church and uh, we call it preaching in view of a call and you do that. And then you do a question and answer. And and this this was, my part too. So I got to be part of the question and answer. And, um, and so we're asking each other questions. It's, it's kind of like dating, right? Like we're getting to know you, you're getting to know us. And 
So one of my questions was, do you have a disability ministry at this church? Because they were taking on, I wasn't going to be a pastor's wife who sat at home with James Sunday after Sunday. Like there needed to be a ministry so that we could attend. And they said, no, we don't have a ministry. And I said, okay, well, if you hire Lee, you'll have to have a ministry. And they said, great, sign us up. We'll do it. And so you know, like some people talk about, well, it must be easier to work at a church and get what you want for your disability ministry when your husband's the pastor. And I'm like, well, he's not the only decision maker. And he wasn't the decision maker that day. The whole church had to be on board to hire somebody when they knew they would have to start a new ministry in order to meet that pastor's family's needs. And so it was just such an affirmation to say, okay, this is the right place for us because they're willing. Now, of course, you don't know everything you're saying yes to when you say yes and that stage. Um, but that's the first step is willingness and saying, yeah, I'm going to put my yes on the table and we're going to see where God takes us. And so that was such a, it just felt like this church was going to be our home because they were willing to say yes to every member of our family during that interview process. That's really cool. Okay, Beth, what's your story? So, um, as you probably know, in addition to being on the staff at Key Ministry, I'm also on staff at a church as a director of disability engagement. And part of in my role, I get to run the respite events. And I realized recently that some of our volunteers serving at respite are former guests in our respite events. So either, um, you know, they were kids with disabilities or the, the siblings of the kids with disabilities. And I just think it's so cool. Like it's kind of come full circle and just um, like the opportunity for everyone to serve. Um, I just think it's, it's, it's just so cool to watch and it's cool to see these, you know, they're teens and adults now, but I knew them as kids and now they're serving. That's awesome. Okay, Garrett, what's your favorite ministry story? Yeah, one, um, it's about a family that that came to us. Gosh, it's been about two years now. Um, they lived in Hawaii and um, they have multiple kids, but they have a, their youngest is a, a daughter with, with Down syndrome and they lived in Hawaii. And one of their other daughters lived here in Louisville and had been to Southeast a little bit where we're at, but sort of started learning more, heard about us launching our cafe and the family was struggling to find community for their daughter with Down syndrome in Hawaii. She, she was about to be 18 years old and they were just struggling. They were struggling in their church and they decided to come to Louisville and visit and visit um, the, the other daughter and her family and to see the church. And they decided to come visit as we were launching the cafe. And I remember the, the day they came in and they literally stayed around the cafe almost all day. They went to our ministry space and saw it. And, you know, in that journey, they made the decision to to sell everything they had and quit their jobs. Uh, the dad owned a landscaping business in Hawaii. He sold out and they decided to pick up and move. And it was mom, dad, daughter, grandmother, grandfather. The whole crew moved from Hawaii to Louisville. And a big part of the reason why they moved was our church and our ministry. Louisville has a great um, support system for Down syndrome. Down syndrome of Louisville is a great um, partner of, of our church. And so there was all of these resources. But when they came in and saw the church and saw opportunities for 
the daughter to serve in the cafe and to be poured into and to find community. I mean, I remember mom was, was basically in tears walking around the church and, and then a week later they came back and she said, you have no idea um, the impact that was because she said, we, we, we heard later from people in Hawaii who were praying specifically for some of the things that we saw in your church that we didn't even know until we told them. And so it was just really cool to see, God put puzzle pieces together for this family and their willingness to just say, hey, we're going to move across the country because our daughter needs more than what we can give them in this community. And our church was a piece in that puzzle. It wasn't the only piece, but to see the Lord use that is is cool. And now she serves in the cafe. She's in our classes. She's uh, just, they're super immersed in our church. And it's really cool to see them growing spiritually and see how the Lord used our ministry as a, as a, as a vital piece in that. Love that. That's really cool. Um, All right. Well, I get to ask the next question. And I know the three of you are all very busy people. You have families. You wear multiple hats. Many of you have multiple jobs. Um, So what is one app or one strategy that you use to stay organized in your ministry or in your life? Um, I'll go first. Um, So I have like a couple of apps that I use every single day. Um, I do my like quiet time in the morning with the through the word app, but then I, I use Asana to kind of organize my life. Um, and I use Evernote to kind of keep track of some of my, like it's, you can kind of store records and things in there. So I am constantly looking at those two apps. Um, and I have them on my, you know, on my phone, on my laptop and everything else. So um, let's see, Sandra, I'll pick on you next. Cause I know, I know you like yourself an app every now and then. <laughs> I do like an app. Um, I do have like an overarching theory though, that kind of guides it. And I wrote it down cause I thought it was worth sharing. It's from David Allen. Who's like a, a, a guy who's really great at time management. And he says, your mind is for having ideas, not for holding them. And I thought that's pretty helpful. Like I'm putting too much pressure on my brain to remember all the things. And so it was kind of permission to say my brain can have the ideas, but it doesn't have to hold the ideas. And so I like a lot of different apps, but my most favorite thing is just a legal pad that I keep next to my laptop. And I'm just every meeting I have and everything I do. I draw a line and then I take notes for the next meeting. Um, And then all of those notes can go to the different apps that they need to, whether that's into Google somewhere, like a shared Google document where we use one of those to plan this podcast. That's a really helpful tool, all those different tools, but everything, everything that comes to my mind first goes old school, analog, legal pad. I use a pencil and not even a pen so that I can erase things, but that's my most favorite tool right now. I use that tool as well, although I have a certain pen that I use. <laughs> but I I I have to list things out and I love crossing things off the list. So like in Asana, I can actually, you know, check mark and cross things off the list. So um let's see, Garrett. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm I probably need to research some of these apps you're talking about. Um, so for my, just for my daily schedule, I just use Outlook because it just, it just goes in my calendar and there it is. And I, I'm, I'm very electronic with everything I do. Although I used to write everything down and then I would find that I didn't have that particular notepad with me when I wanted to see what I'd written down. And so I use Google calendar a lot for just ideas or tasks or projects. Um, a, because I have a lot of ongoing thing like weekly tasks and so you can just set it up to hey every monday i have these this set of things um but i also really like just being able to see what i'm doing and put a date on it i am a i like to say i'm deadline driven when i'm really just a procrastinator and so if i don't put it on a date it's less likely that I will actually do it. And so I can write a million things down, but if it's not a done a date and I can't trick myself into thinking there's a deadline, then I won't do it. And so I, I really benefit from putting things in Google Calendar and putting it on a date and just saying, hey, this is when this is due. And it just helps me sort of be able to track what I'm doing and all my tasks and projects and whatever. That is extremely relatable. And Catherine and I work pretty closely together in key ministry. And she knows I am much better if you give me a date to have it done. It's more likely to get done. Yeah. Um, Catherine. So I've been using Asana now for, I guess, over a year. And it's incredibly helpful for a lot of the things that we do in key ministry since we, we aren't together very often. You know, our team is everybody lives in a different city except for Beth and Steve and uh, Asana is hugely helpful for big project management. And so, um, so I really like that for things like DATC and some of the other things we have going on. Um, we used a similar kind of thing for this Fresh Hope for Families with Disabilities project that we have underway. Um, I'm old school too. I keep a notebook by my laptop all the time and take notes and then I make copies and like file things where they go. Um, it just helps me if I, you know, use, use the pen to actually write down the thoughts. It helps me remember a lot better. Um, and then I also use the, uh, you know, the calendar app that's on my phone all the time. Um, I've, you know, kept things in a calendar ever since it was, uh, you know, like a, a paper calendar notebook kind of thing, you know, 30 years ago. Um, that was like my uh, intermediate filing system. And and it's still sort of like that with, you know, the digital calendar today. Those are super helpful. Thank you for everybody sharing those. Um, okay, I have the last question and it could be the shortest answer because it's what podcast, besides our podcast, what podcast is your favorite one to listen to? And so my favorite I'm glad I get to go first on this one because um, we may all have very similar favorites. So my favorite one, <laughs> Catherine's shaking her head because she is going to be the outlier, which surprises no one. So, <laughs> so my favorite is the Rising Above podcast. Um, Becky Davidson is the host. I think she is one of the best podcast podcast hosts out there. I mean, I've told her to her face that she is so good, but she and Kim Thorpe, who works with her, they did a, a two set, two episodes a couple of weeks ago about just anxiety and trauma and how they experienced those as special needs moms. And Kim shares her daughter had a traumatic birth and she kind of held on to some things that she didn't even realize she was holding on to. So I recommend that podcast just across the board, but if you're looking for a place to start with that podcast, go back 
just a few weeks and do those two episodes with Becky and Kim. And then on the second one, they, their therapist is the guest and she talks about it. And so, I mean, it was just really helpful to hear people say, this is what, this is what anxiety looks like in me. And this is how I'm processing trauma and here's what's helped. And I think that benefits a lot of special needs parents and, and some things that they may have just been like stuffing down and not processing um, but the change between before you do it and after you do it, before God works in your life and after is just amazing. So that's the podcast I recommend. So Catherine, why don't you go next on this one? Blurry Creatures. Check it out. It's <laughs> one It's one of these. It, it is incredibly popular right now. Not lying. Um, but it's about all these like weird things in the Bible with people who've done like the 10 or 20,000 hours researching and studying and understanding ancient structures, civilizations, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also a lot of um, uh, French kind of things in our culture right now. Okay. Good cool. combination. Blurry, blurry creatures. She said. Blurry creatures. Okay. Very cool. Beth, what's yours? So I love, champions for parents and that's tom and julie meekins um they are delightful they're just so relatable um and it's it's a podcast for um parents of kids with disabilities but also for ministry leaders um so that's a favorite of mine and then in non-ministry i'm a big fan of the office ladies (laughs) that's a good choice that's a fun one you need all those behind the scenes secrets that they share, exactly. right? Exactly. You got to be in the know. Very good. All right, Garrett, what what's your favorite? Yeah, so my favorite, um, I'm going to do two because it's the last question and I'm the last answer. Um, yeah. the, the first one is, is it's not it's not special needs ministry related, but it's certainly faith and spiritual. It's called Deepen with Pastor Joby Martin. Joby's a, his church is a church of, a, what's it called? Church of 1122. It's in Jacksonville. Um, it's just super, sort of what you were talking about, Catherine, I think when you were talking about, I think it was you, just one of you who mentioned just, um, being the vine and being connected. It's just such a a great podcast to just kind of help me stay grounded in the, the most important thing, which is just being fueled by the Holy spirit. And it sort of is a compliment to what they do as a church, but you don't have to be attending there. Um, like for instance, they went through like nine weeks where they studied through Philippians. And so he had the sermon and then they did the podcast that went with it to go deeper in what they were studying in Philippians. And it is so good, which I love the book of Philippians. So if you do nothing else, just go back and listen to that because just the way he teaches and the way he just sort of just so practical and applicable in, in whether you're walking in special needs world or ministry or just trying to navigate this crazy life we have, it's super helpful. The other one, which is not ministry related at all, is the Bobby cast with Bobby Bones. I love music. I have no musical talent whatsoever, but I love hearing artists and songwriters talk about the process of what they do. And I think there's probably some jealousy for me in there because I'm not great at that, but I just love hearing the nuts and bolts of how songwriting and music and that stuff. And so Bobby's just a great host. He's uh, he's had a lot of Christian artists and and people in sort of ministry related circles, spiritual circles lately, which is interesting. You, you can analyze that however you want, but it's pretty cool. He's he's had Chris Tomlin for King Country and different guys on there. But um, I love I love, just I'm a Bobby Bones fan. So there you go. 
That's cool. I've heard of Bobby Bones, but I didn't know that was what he did on his podcast. Like I just have seen him out there, but that's super interesting. Yeah. He just sits down and talks to somebody. It's usually like an hour. It's long and it's just literally just walking through whether it's certain songs. I mean, it's people in all various areas of the music industry, whether it's people in songwriting or in the corporate side or the artists themselves. And it's just cool. That is very cool. All right co-host thanks for hanging out together making time this was really fun i feel like we got to know each other better we have a list of things that we've mentioned that we want to check into in fact all the links that we mentioned are going to be in the show notes and so our audience can go to keyministry.org podcast and they'll find the show notes there and there will be links to the podcast that we mentioned books that we mentioned apps that we mentioned All the things will be there in one spot, just like always. And so that is super helpful. And we are so thankful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a five-star rating. That helps other people find us and know that listening to us is worth their time. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. We're so excited that you join us week after week. and, And just know, I mean, seriously, friends. We pray for you guys. We pray for you as listeners. We we want to be a resource for you. I mean, it just, it, the people that you heard from today are an incredible resource in my life. And through this podcast, we get to reach more and more churches and ministry leaders. And it's an awesome responsibility. And we are so thankful that God gives us the opportunity to meet here week after week and spend time with you. And so just know that we are cheering for you. We're praying for you. And we are so thankful that you listen week after week.